hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 98 of How I Built It Today. My guest is my good friend and the very first repeat guest, Brian Richards. Now, I need to apologize to Chris Lemma. He's coming up in this season as well, and I told him he was the first repeat guest, but I moved Brian's episode up because he is talking about how he built WordSesh and a new conference called WooSesh that is happening this week, October 18th and 19th. So you're going to learn all about how he put together this website with former guest Patrick Rowland, how they set up their tech stack, and overall how to have a good online conference. If you want to attend WooSesh, it is completely free. You can go to WooSesh.com and sign up. Again, the sessions start on Thursday, October 18th, and they go through Friday, October 19th. So we'll learn all about that from Brian in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a brand new course over at Creator Courses called Build Your Podcast Platform in Three Days. So I have been podcasting for a few years now. My show has grown to over 40,000 downloads Per month. Thank you. Thank you so much. And my website has been an integral part of that. So I understand that making a podcast website can be really hard. And this course shows you exactly how to do that. We go from having nothing, we register the domain, we buy the hosting, and we go all the way until we have a published episode and we can submit our feed to Apple Podcasts. So we do all of that with no steps skipped. At the end of the course, you will have your very own podcast website. If you want to take this course, build your podcast platform in three days, head over to howibuilt.it slash course. And as an added bonus, you can get 25% off with the code BUILDIT. So that is howibuilt.it slash course and use the code BUILDIT for 25% off. This episode is also brought to you by Pantheon, which you'll hear about later. But for now, let's talk to Brian. So, on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, another return guest, Chris Lemma was the first, here is the second, my good friend, Brian Richards from WP Sessions. Brian, how are you today? I am swell, Joe, and I'm honored to be your second, second time guest. That's very, very fitting. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I, I try not to have a lot of repeat guests, but today we're going to be talking about something that I'm personally interested in, uh, and so I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show again. We're going to be talking about uh, WooSesh and WordSesh, your two online WordPress-based conferences. Is that right? Yeah, that's a pretty good summary of what they are. Cool. Well, uh, I will 
recommend that people listen to your first episode, which I'll link in the show notes. But for those who might not know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name, as you know, is Brian Richards. And anybody listening to this knows because it's right there in the title of the episode. Uh, And I run WP Sessions, which provides training for developers, primarily people who use WordPress, although my training isn't strictly WordPress-based, but anybody who works with WordPress is likely going to benefit from it. And I do virtual sessions. I do on-site team training, onboarding, corporate consultations, things like that. Basically, anything that involves teaching people how to do more, better work with WordPress. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, and that's that's uh, a fantastic summary. We're both in the WordPress education space. Uh, I like this the kind of setup that we have, right? I have the people uh, that would that are maybe not quite ready for you to educate yet. They maybe are taking the undergrad classes and they move on to yeah. you, which I would say are the graduate classes, right? So yeah, that's pretty uh, good. Pretty yeah. good summary or analogy, rather. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about. Um, two really fantastic online conferences, uh, WooSesh and WordSesh. Uh, so let's start with WordSesh uh, because that was around first, and then maybe we can move to, to WooSesh. Uh, but yeah. from what I understand, uh, you're using kind of the same engine to power both of these websites and conferences, right? Bingo, yep. And WooSesh was a pretty natural extension of WordSesh, so it does make sense to start there and move ahead. Excellent. So uh, why don't you tell us about WordSesh? Cool. So WordSesh has been around for just over five years. This year was the the fifth iteration of WordSesh, uh, but it missed a few years in between. And it was started by Scott Bosgard, and he's an awesome guy and did some really amazing things creating WordSesh. And in one small part, uh, it was sort of uh, inspiration and impetus for me to start WP Sessions. And so I was thrilled after year one to be able to help him sort of co-organize and, well, really just to help out wherever I could when he did the second one. Uh, and then again with the third one. Then I was completely out of commission for the fourth one. I think that was right about the time that one of my sons was born. Mm. And then it just be it had always been too much of a burden, and now he has his own children. Uh, and so uh, it wasn't going to happen again. So I reached out to him and like, how can I take the reins? Can, can I help make this happen again? And he said, how about you just take the torch and run with it? So I said, oh, okay. That, that would be quite the honor. Because I'd been thinking about hosting a conference basically since I started WP Sessions. And originally I was thinking about doing a physical one and then shied away from that, recognizing that it costs just an enormous sum of money to even get a venue, let alone all of the costs that attendees and speakers would have to pay or that I would have to pay for speakers to get everybody to the same location to host something, even something small. And so I thought, what if I did a virtual event, which then brought me back to... uh, Word sesh. I'm like, I don't want to make my own when Word sesh is around. How about I just try and find a way to do Word sesh more? And so that's when Scott and I started talking again. And he said, here, you take the torch and run with it. So that's basically the, the how it came to be under the WP Sessions umbrella. Nice. And so uh, two, two points here, right? Uh, as we kind of move, because I, I do want to ask you about this specific decision. 
uh, Word Sesh was free originally, right? Yep. And it was also 24 hours, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I know this very intimately because I was, at, I was selected to speak one year that coincided with my one-year dating anniversary of who is now my wife. And oh uh, we were in the city to see a Broadway play, New York City, uh, to see a Broadway play. And so in order for me to be able to speak at Word Sesh, but also be a good boyfriend, uh, I asked if I could speak at like four in the morning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it, so I did my, my Word Sesh talk at four in the morning from a hotel in uh, Manhattan. You're a crazy man. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I mean, Scott was as well. Yeah. So the event used to be completely free and 24 hours long, which is why it became too burdensome for Scott to just keep running for free. Uh, and very difficult for any person to watch the whole thing. Some people tried. Scott tried every year and would not off at some point in the middle of the night while it was going on. Uh, but then come back to right a couple of sessions later. And so it takes a, a large number of volunteers to make something like that work. And I wanted to get something up and running quickly that I could do myself so I could compress the timeline. So I decided to make it a 12-hour event for this run. And then I also started charging for it so that I could pay all of the speakers because everybody was a volunteer for the first four word sessions. All of the speakers, everybody helping out. And I wanted to be able to pay them for their time and then I also wanted to do something that hadn't been done in any prior word sesh, which was to transcribe everything in real time so that wow. every attendee who is not a native English speaker uh, or who is hard of hearing would still be able to participate and get something from the event. And those were both of those endeavors, both paying the speakers and paying for a real time transcriber to come and caption everything, are not inexpensive independently. And together, it was like, okay. I need to put some of this burden on the attendees if they really want this to happen. And yeah. and, and I mean, just to, to add on to that real quick, um, you know, it's, it's nice that Word Sesh was a free event all this time, but I can certainly vouch that the, nothing against previous iterations of Word Sesh, but I think that the quality and the topics were a bit more refined this, this time around. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of really good talks in all of the previous four years, uh, but it takes a lot of work to fill 24 hours. And one year, they actually had two separate tracks running for the entire 24 hours. So there were 48 hours of content that came <sighs> from that one, which means lots of panel discussions, mm -hmm. uh, which are interesting and useful in the moment, um, but don't really have uh, a lot of shelf life or repeat viewability. And so I wanted to make something that was a little more curated from beginning to end. And so I tried to pick, I surveyed all of my customers beforehand to figure out what sort of things they were interested in learning about in the next four to six months. And then I sought out speakers who could talk about those things and came up with a schedule that I thought flowed pretty well together. So there were Usually, all of the, of the 12 talks, there was usually a pair between the two. So I had one where Carrie Dills was talking about 
10 keys to freelancing success. And then the one right after that, Nathan Elote talked about what clients really want and how to uh, get to the business needs behind the ask and then be able to deliver the services they actually want. Uh, and then other ones paired together really nicely like those. So that was a lot of fun to do, to, to figure out the topics that people wanted to hear about, then find the people who I thought were the best to cover those topics, and then to arrange them in the schedule in such a way that they sort of built upon each other, but would still allow somebody to only be able, if they could pop in for just a couple hours, let's say, to watch something that was relevant and useful, and then be able to come back and watch the recordings later to, to complete the experience. Nice. That's that's fantastic. And I think it flows well into to to kind of what what sort of research did you do? Uh you you answered how you came up with the right topics, but I noticed that you didn't have a call for speakers, for example. So choosing the speakers uh was probably part of your research. And then um what tools you decided to use for for example, transcribing in real time. I actually didn't know that you did that until just Surprise. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so what kind of research did you do to figure out who should speak and what kind of tools you would use? Yeah. So the the research I did, so we already talked that I that I surveyed my speakers or sorry, my customers, <laughs> my my existing audience and like, what do you want to learn? Uh, I probably could have done more to to survey a broader audience, but I determined from the hundred or so responses that I got from just my own audience that I had enough to infer like, yeah, this is kind of what I figured people wanted to hear about, right? More, how do I do better work with my clients? How do I work more efficiently? How do I get better performance out of the stuff that I'm doing? So that survey was enough for me to go on like, okay, here are the topics that I need. And in terms of researching uh, speakers, I looked at several other conferences, both in the WordPress world and out of the WordPress world, to see who was talking about different things. And most of the speakers that I recruited, I already had a personal relationship with. So I already knew, like, ah, well, uh, Chris Lemma is the VP of product at Liquid Web, who has just spent a ton of time investing in hosted WooCommerce solutions. Pretty sure he's going to be a smart match for this e-commerce talk that I need. Um, and then others I had heard about and had seen some of their slide decks and read some of their articles, uh, like Andrea Goulet. I'm like, this is a talk that I need to bring to the WordPress community. She spoke about, um, makers and menders. So how do you self-identify? Are you the person who likes to make new things, uh, and solve new problems? Or are you a person who likes to pick up where someone left off and make it better? to fix problems, to uh, improve performance and things like that. And it was a very illuminating talk. I think many attendees, in particular people who didn't know who she was or what she was talking about, took a lot away from that one. Uh, so speaker research was pretty easy, right? I didn't have an open call for speakers. I got some flack uh, for for doing it that way. Like, hey, where, where was the call for speakers? This used to be a, a very open community event and you close the doors, you're charging money, you've changed everything. I said, you're right. This is a very astute observation. I did all of this so that I could get one out the door quickly. I knew that if I had opened a call for speakers, I would probably get more than 100 applications uh, because it's open to everyone around the world. And even though it's only 12 hours instead of 24 hours, that does still bridge the world pretty well. Someone should be able to tune in for an hour. Um, and so I would get way too many speaker applications to go through to only be able to pick 12 people. 
The next one will have an open speaker call because I'll have a, a longer runway of planning in front of me. But I wanted to just keep this one tight and, and moving quickly. And, I mean, uh, not for nothing, but there's, there are enough events in the WordPress community, especially that have open calls for speakers and very low barriers for speakers. Um, so, I mean, it's not like our community is lacking that. We maybe have an, an overabundance of that. Um, it's true. So I'm, I'm curious about this. How did you approach, let's say, uh, Andrea Goulet, who you don't have a personal relationship with, and say, hey, I want you to speak at this conference. Um, like, what, what did the pitch look like for that? So I started following her on Twitter more than a year ago when I started seeing some of the interesting things she was sharing um, come into my feed from somebody else. Like, this, this is really smart. And everything that her company, Corgibytes, is doing resonates with me because I, I have this mender mindset. They call themselves the, the joyful janitors of the internet, which I think is just great. Awesome. Uh, because we, we have this mindset of maintaining legacy code is awful and it's just so much better to rebuild or complete rather than refactor. And she's like, no, it's actually easier to refactor than to rebuild and make many micro improvements leading to a major advancement than to, to throw out something and start over because you'll spend so much time building the thing where you start over that by the time you're done with it, it now is its own legacy piece of software by the time you launch it. Uh, so I started following her a year ago. Uh, we interacted briefly on Twitter now and again. And so she had already seen my name by the time I reached out, and I knew that she spoke at many different conferences uh, and started pitching herself as a, a keynote speaker available for hire. So I said, perfect, I have a virtual event, and you already have a talk that I think is exactly right for my audience, uh, maybe with a couple of minor tweaks here in the middle. Would you be interested in giving it? And she said, yes, this sounds amazing. Uh, can you please work with my assistant to coordinate and make sure that I'm not double booking myself and we get everything straightened away. And that was it. It was super easy. Wow. That's, that's great. I'm sure it probably didn't help that you did decide to pay your speakers, uh, which I would also like to ask you about that. Right. Uh, because I know again, in, in the WordPress community, WordCamps, it is all volunteer for speakers and uh, it's a nice way. For, you know, I speak at WordCamps every year. It's a nice way for us to give back, but it'd also be nice to get paid for a speaking gig. <laughs> so yeah. what, uh, what was your decision behind that? I didn't want to ask anybody to work for free, particularly if my event was going to be making me money. Mm -hmm. my, my goal with the tickets was to at least break even, hopefully make some money. And in the end, I did. I think I came out a few hundred dollars ahead of my expenses. So it doesn't really nice. cover my time, but it covered all of my expenses, and I felt pretty good about that. Um, my sponsors helped cover my time, so I was, I was pretty well covered there. And so I, I didn't feel good saying, hey, do you want to come and speak at this thing? I can't pay you, but I might be making some money off of your back if you say yes. Like that, that just didn't feel good to me. So I knew right off the bat that I wanted to pay them. Uh, it felt like peanuts relative to what I'm sure they could bill their time for. So I hope to be able to increase that for the next one. Uh, but at, at no point was I thinking I was going to let anybody speak for free? Gotcha, gotcha. And and this will be the last question kind of here, right, before we get into the title question, because um, I'm curious about this too, right? So I, I suppose that will factor in heavily to 
the open call for speakers, if you have one for next year, right? Uh, you'll want to take into account, is this person experienced and skilled enough to be, uh, you know, to earn essentially what I'm paying them? Is that, maybe that's not the right way to put it. I'm sure you can word it more eloquently than, than I can, but uh, you're yeah. likely going to pick people who are, you know, kind of worth their salt for speaking. So that's the tricky thing, because I, I do want to create a platform where anybody could uh, have their breakout moment, which is why WordCamps are designed to be open calls for speakers, right? We don't want to exclude someone just because they don't yet have an, an audience or a lot of experience under their belt. But you also don't want to put someone on stage who isn't going to be able to deliver the material because that's not very useful for the attendees. Uh, it doesn't make them feel great if they're nervous the whole time. And I've been pondering hiring a speaking coach to sort of help people who have less experience. And this idea was handed to me by Patrick Rolland, who is co-organizing Woosesh with me, which we'll talk about in a minute with the title question. Um, and I thought, that's that's a really good idea to find someone who shows an aptitude for the material. Like they understand the material well enough, but they don't really have any way to demonstrate that they can present it. Maybe I can work with them, either myself or an experienced professional speaker coach to give them pointers and help them make the most of the 30 to 40 minutes that they'll be presenting. Um, Cause you're right. I don't want to just pick someone blindly and pay them and then realize like you didn't actually know this material or what you said you were going to deliver was X, but you really delivered an intro to X, which everybody already knew or could easily read themselves just from a quick Google search. Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor Gutenberg are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io Gutenberg. Let them know that How I Built It sent you. And now, back to the show. I remember Patrick, uh, you know, I know Patrick and we were talking about, you know, kind of coaching speakers. Uh, WordCamp DC in 2017 had a mentorship program that I thought was excellent. So uh, they asked me and a few other experienced speakers who were going to be speaking at WordCamp DC if we wanted to mentor a new speaker. And I thought that was a really great, I like jumped all over that. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and so I attended my, I guess, mentee's talk. Uh, and and she did well. It was two two ladies. Uh, they did a great job. Um, and uh, I don't know if they really needed my coaching. <laughs> I'm not going to say they did a great job because of me. But I I thought it was fantastic uh, and very helpful and and unique. So uh, that's a very cool idea. Um, cool. So so let's move into the title question. I think we have a lot of really good background information. Uh, we didn't touch on kind of why Woosesh, Um so maybe as we talk about how you built WordSesh, we can transition into moving that over and using the same engine for WooSesh, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I can answer cool. why WooSesh came to be in about a set sentence. Cool. Uh, WordSesh was so popular 
and I had so many requests for more e-commerce content that it was a natural extension to say, well, let's make another sesh event dedicated wholly to WooCommerce because so many people are asking for that. And ta-da, now WooSesh is a thing. Nice. Very nice. Cool. So uh, with both of these sites, let's talk. How did you build them? Yeah, so they are both powered by WordPress, which makes sense because they are for WordPress-based conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I used the WooSesh is slightly different because of a really cool opportunity we have where WooCommerce is actually sponsoring the event and therefore underwriting the cost for every attendee, which is wow. awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so that's actually a much simpler stack. It's a, just a nice clean WordPress site with a simple single registration form where you provide your name and your email and you're in. And so long as someone attends the event live, any part of it, they will have links and access to all of it. So if you could only come to one session, you could still get all 16 from both days for free because you took the time to participate live for one. And then... Afterwards, once it's all done, we'll switch it over to the system that's powering WordSesh, where it'll actually be 200 bucks a ticket, which is still a steal for the speakers that we have and the topics that they're covering, and the freebies that you get for attending. Going back to WordSesh, so it is WordPress with WooCommerce with the memberships add-on, and then the teams for memberships add-on on top of that. And then the... Um, MailChimp for WooCommerce extension to push everybody over to MailChimp. Um, and so that, that's the stack for the site itself. And the reason I went with memberships and teams for memberships is because I strict, didn't strictly need tickets for what I was doing. I was selling tickets, uh, quote-unquote tickets, but really I'm just selling access. And I wanted a really nice, simple UI where someone on a team could say, I've got 16 people who want to watch this thing. They register, and then I wanted to make it dead simple for them to get everybody else on the team in. And maybe it's 16 people because they are, say, the office manager and they're not going to watch. Maybe it's 15 people plus them because they're the CTO and they are going to watch. And the memberships add-on for WooCommerce, well, the team's add-on for the memberships add-on for WooCommerce does this beautifully where they can, you can set it up a bunch of different ways, but the way that I needed it, that I just described, it handles flawlessly. So a person can buy the product and type in the number of seats that they want to buy. And then once their order is complete, they're shown a link that they can use, a page rather, with a link that they can just share internally, like via Slack or email, say, hey, click this and register yourself. Or right beneath that is a form that they can use where they can type in the email address for each person they want to invite. And each of those people get an email with that link that says, here, click here to register. Uh, But it also gives them the opportunity to track of the people that I invited who has not yet filled this in. And then they can eject people, like if they invited somebody but they no longer belonged, or to regenerate the link, like if they shared it but it accidentally got out and other people not on their team were using it, they can inject those people, generate a new link, and and makes it just really easy for them wow. to self-manage. Yeah, that's great. This is by the, the folks at Skyverge, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, so yep. I mean, they, they do brilliant work anyway. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, they know what's up. Uh, yeah. And it also made it easy for me to register people 
in the admin area because I did local viewing parties this year. I made that an official sort of, not really sanctioned, but I promoted local viewing parties from the website this year. And anybody who's hosting a viewing party needed to have free access. So I just created a team that was viewing party hosts and invited all of my hosts to that team like in no time at all. It was super duper simple. Um, And so that's what's powering the the WordPress side of things. And then for the event itself, I used Crowdcast, which has been around since the beginning of uh, WordSesh, actually, but has improved leaps and bounds every single year since. And so what started as a wrapper for YouTube videos with chat on one side and uh, audience polls and survey below, now they do their own embedded streaming video service and they have just a lot of really nice features for organizing an event like this. So I was able to create an event for WordSesh, create multiple sessions in the schedule for each of the different presentations that were going to happen. And then as I moved from one to the other, uh, just before I'm about to go live, I can summon everybody to the room that I'm in. So if somebody were to linger behind, which I encourage so they could keep chatting, I could bring them to the live room once it was time for the broadcast to start so they wouldn't miss anything. Um, So Crowdcast is a fantastic service. And then when it was all over, I was able to archive it, X, uh, not extract, well, yes, extract, but, X, yeah. uh, export all of the video, uh, upload it to Vimeo, put it right back on the site so that people who bought a ticket after the fact can come back and easily watch the recordings without having to bounce around that UI. And then also upload it over on WP Sessions because one of the perks of being a member at WP Sessions is you would get access to all of this conference content for free without any extra effort on your behalf. Uh, and so all of that just tied together really nicely. The only thing that I was really missing, I felt, was a way to automatically bridge members on WPSessions.com to WordSesh.com. And so I got around that pretty easily. I just exported all of the members on WP Sessions day of the event, imported them on WordSesh, and everything was fine. So it didn't take enough time for me to say, I need to build a solution in code to fix this. But I still wish one existed. I uh, also wish that existed. So, dear listeners, here's an opportunity for you because I wanted to set up a forum for creator courses uh, called just hub.creatorcourses.com. The only thing on the site was forums. And I wanted any student who registered for a course on creator courses to automatically have access to the completely separate forums without having. Uh, e-commerce, LMS, and forums all in one WordPress installation. And unfortunately, there was not an easy way to like share databases uh, between like two WordPress installations easily. So I, I too wish that existed. I looked into coding it myself and I thought this is too much work uh, for me uh, to do alone when I'm trying to run an online courses site. Um, so yeah, this is two very good use cases I think we're, we're talking about here. So uh, smart people out there, you know, build that and then come on my show and tell me how you built it. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, uh, one, two, two questions, two follow-up questions here. Uh, so you mentioned it's powered by WordPress and memberships. Uh, memberships is a plugin specifically for WooCommerce, right? I don't know if you said that you were using WooCommerce as the e-commerce side. Correct. I did yep. not write that down. Okay, cool. Um, 
and uh, Crowdcast. The last time I looked at Crowdcast, uh, you could only export in like standard definition. Has yeah, that changed? That. Yep. So they you can export that. the full high def. You can also export Fantastic. the chats. And as the organizer, that's the only way you can export those. But you also can ex- export all of the attendee data, which is really cool for a multi-session event like this one because you can see for each attendee which session they attended and whether or not they watched a replay afterwards. And so I can easily see per person, how many sessions did you attend live? Uh, and then per session, how many people were here live, which is really valuable. That's really cool. I'm going to link to Crowdcast and all of this stuff in the show notes. Uh, I've been considering using some webinar software to do live webinars. Um, and all of them are maybe prohibitively more expensive than YouTube, but uh, you're, you're really selling me on Crowdcast here. Yeah, they're um, all missing like one feature that I want. Crowdcast yeah. has almost all of them. The only place that it falls short for me for being a perfect solution for everything right now um, is that it has its own separate authentication. So I can embed mm-hmm. it on my site and I can create unlisted events so that only my members can see them to, to register for them. But it is weird that they have to log into my site and then log in a second time into Crowdcast. And I've been chatting with their devs about some sort of single sign-on mechanism to streamline that process. And I've gotten at least as far as being able to pre-populate the login with their email address. So it saves them one click, which is nice. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that was something that I also really would have liked to see. Um, You know, I would love to have webinars like behind some sort of paywall after the fact or... um, but have it as open as possible, which is why I continue to use YouTube. Um, yep. Because you can do unlisted and send links, and then people don't necessarily have to log in. But in any case, that's for a whole other show. And we're coming up on time. And we have uh, barely talked about... Um, well, I mean, we, we have touched on Woosesh a bit, but uh, I, I would love to know your plans uh, for the future of these two events. So as we record this, uh, Word Sesh has happened... Woosesh has not. Yes. Uh, and I think another maybe piece of context here is that WooConf, which is perhaps the biggest in-person uh, WooCommerce conference, uh, which generally happens every year, did not happen this year. Um, so uh, what are your plans for the future of, of these two events? Yeah, so Woosesh itself is still in the future. So that's sort of the very first part of my future plans is Let's see if I can take this sesh model and repeat it a few times to make more niche-focused virtual conference events without doing so many that people are like, okay, I'm tired of these. Mm -hmm. I think like three or four would be just about right. So one per quarter. Right. Word sesh will be broadly useful to just about everybody. And then the other ones would be pretty specifically useful to, like in WooSesh's case, people who use WooCommerce. We can go much, much deeper into that topic. And so Woosesh this year, I kind of glazed over this, is October 17 and 18. Uh, and I'm pulling that up in front of me just to make sure that I didn't botch it. It's actually 18 and 19. I did. I did botch it. It's October 18 and 19. Excellent. Jeez. Who is this guy? Uh, and <laughs> this one's fun because it's two days, two 
probably 10 hour days when they're done, but eight presentations each day. Day one is focusing on store builders. So people who are comfortable creating an e-commerce store that don't necessarily know any code. So you just pull all the correct plugins together, set up the hosting, get everything dialed in, get all the products in. Uh, Day one is perfect for you. It's also really valuable for people who do code because it talks about maintenance and earning more with copywriting and and things like that. And then day two is for coders only, so web developers talking about performance testing and speed, um, building better user experiences, creating your own quality extensions. And so I, I like this because it allows me to hit a larger audience and and really dig into a particular topic. So I've been talking to other people about other sesh events, eight to 10 hour day, you know, full day long um, virtual conferences, because this is a very easily repeated formula for what I've built here. Things transfer pretty well. Um, and then for the events themselves, for the ones that do well, like WordSesh already has, like WooSesh is shaping up to, they will become an annual staple. So every summer we'll have another word sesh, every fall perhaps we'll have another woo sesh and so on. Um, And then they may even perhaps spin off physical events. I haven't shut the door on that completely. I don't think I'll ever do a completely standalone event, but I've talked with other conference organizers about maybe having an add-on event attached to those, which could be pretty cool because it's not super costly for someone to say, I'll stay in that town for one more day so I can get this other content uh, compared to saying, I'm going to buy tickets and get a hotel room and travel halfway across the country or halfway around the world for a one or two day event and then leave again. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, that was uh, something that Brian Crosgard from PostStatus ran into, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy to get people to say who were already going to WordCamp US. Yeah, I'll stay an extra day for post-status publish. Much harder, but not impossible, for them to also say, I'm going to come for a two-day standalone event in a random part of the year all by itself. Right. The value's there, but it's a lot harder for people to go, is it though? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, And then afterwards they go like, oh, I wish I was there. Right. We wish you were there too. Right. I I certainly went to both. I think... I actually think I got a lot more value out of the second year. Uh, the yeah, standalone same. The standalone yeah. one had a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, that's that's perhaps something I should have Brian Crosgard on to talk about. Uh, he'll be my third repeat guest. Um, so as we wrap up here, uh, you know, my favorite question, uh, the maybe the subtitle question: Do you have any trade secrets for us? I have so many trade secrets. How many can I give you? As as many as time allows. So, okay. uh, yeah. My first trade secret, we touched on this earlier in the episode, is people's is people's. So if you want to talk to somebody about something, if you think, man, they, know, they seem to know a lot about this. I wish I could know what they know. Talk to that person. More often than not, they, another rational thinking human being, like helping people. Uh, particularly if there's somebody who is giving a talk or writing a book like that, that's a very clear indicator. Like this person likes helping people do not email them and say, Hey, could I pick your brain? Maybe could I take you out for a (laughs) cup of coffee? They will probably just ignore that email. That is very low value, very low effort. Instead, email them 
and ask them a specific question like, Hey, Joe, I really like your How I Built It podcast. I've been thinking about podcasting for a while. How important would you say the hardware is? And is there a specific microphone that you would recommend I buy? And perhaps a cheaper version of that, because I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. That is a very easy question for you, Joe Casabona, to answer. Be like, I like these two microphones. Here's one that's higher in price. Here's one that's lower in price. You won't be disappointed with either of them. And then just move right back on with your day. You could even email that person again and say, thank you so much for the recommendation. Do you also have a recommendation for blank? Or what do you think about this as a title or format or whatever? Like ask a series of small questions, one per email, and you will get answers more often than not. It might take a couple of weeks, but those are the kinds of emails that people, especially busy people, love to answer. Yes, and the and the person being asked, they don't have to spend the cognitive load on what is this person really asking me? Like, I right. don't understand their question. Um, and fun secret for people who need to come up with content, those who ask you questions are giving you blog topics. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, if you have to answer yeah. for one person, consider writing it as a blog answer for many persons. Yeah, exactly. So that's an excellent number one trade secret. Uh, it's something that I always say, uh, just ask, do you have maybe, a, I think time allows for a second if you have one. Ooh, a second one. Uh, it would be well worth your time to come to Woosesh <laughs> for free while it's happening live because that's $200 you don't have to spend on what is ultimately perhaps thousands of dollars in value. That's more of a self, shameless self plug. So... I would say one more trade secret is don't get caught up on the tools that you have to use to do something. Work with what you have and then improve the tools as you go because there are many decisions that are not irreversible. I feel like that's pretty appropriate for a podcast like this one where we're talking about here are the tools that I used and how I did it. Finding the right tool is amazing. Like I was talking about with Crowdcast, that's awesome. But because it allows me to export literally everything that I'm putting into it, I'm not lost if Crowdcast disappears or isn't a perfect fit. I can just move into the next tool and and just keep a pretty good pace. So don't get hung up on, on finding the perfect tool. Sink some money on a tool, spend some time with it, move on if it doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's really great advice because I, I mean, I, I'm sure we've all been there, right? Where you spend a whole day looking for the right tool and you're like, I don't, I'm not any closer. I might as well just use Google doc or whatever it is I was trying to do. Right. Yeah. I solve so many things in spreadsheets and once in a while I go like, I should build a UI for this. And I go, Nope, because I still don't know if this is how I want to look at the data. So I'm just going to keep it in the spreadsheet. Yep. Yeah. I've been thinking of uh, like upgrading Airtable uh, or moving from Airtable because like some of the things that I want are, way more than I'm willing to spend on Airtable, but I'm just like, it does, it's doing its job right now, you know, and I'm not, it doesn't slow me down. So uh, really, really great advice. Don't get caught up on the tools that you are looking to use or, or you have to use or you need to learn, you know, use what you got and improve the process. Uh, awesome. Brian, always wonderful to talk to you. Where can people find you? Sure. So I tweet very infrequently as Risen, R-Z-E-N. So you can find me on Twitter there. But probably the best place to find me is WPSessions.com, where I'm hosting tons of training from people who are smarter than me and occasionally training that I'm producing myself. 
Yes. Uh, and just to add on to that, he, you are doing a series right now where you are kind of live coding a project from, uh, from concept to launch. It's, it's kind of like the video tutorial version of this podcast. Uh, so um, I, I strongly recommend, it's for members only, but I strongly recommend you check out uh, some of that stuff that Brian's working on over at WPSessions.com. It is excellent, excellent content. Well, I appreciate so. you saying that. Yeah, that's actually my newest thing. I forgot to even say that. That's a whole series. So every month I'm focusing on a different project or an extension of a previous project and trying to create concise, bite-sized pieces of like, today we're going to work with this tool to make this thing. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and insanely valuable. Uh, I could talk about this for days as well, but I mean, uh, you know, it's very learn by doing, which is something I, I always say. That's how I try to teach my courses. So I love that you're doing that over there. What a fantastic episode. I love talking to Brian. He's a very good friend of mine and his trade secret, you know, people's is people. I really, really love that. Uh, so again, it would be well worth your time to go to Woosesh, head over to Woosesh.com. Uh, I really uh, think it's going to be an excellent conference. The speakers are amazing and it's totally free. So there's no reason for you to not sign up if you do stuff with e-commerce or WooCommerce specifically. I also want to thank Pantheon once again for supporting this episode and the entire season five, which we are quickly approaching the end of. Uh, December 4th, I believe, is the last episode of season five, just in time for WordCamp US. So uh, thanks again for their support. This show would not be able to happen without them or without you, the listeners. The show has seen fantastic growth this season, and I really want to thank you for that. Finally, if you are interested in getting your own podcast website up and running, don't forget to go to howibuilt.it slash course to take my new course, Build Your Podcast Platform in Three Days. It's really fantastic. I really had a lot of fun making this course, and I think it'll be super valuable for anybody who needs to start a podcast. The question of the week for you is, what are you doing with e-commerce on the web? I would love to hear the projects you're working on or your store and what you sell and a little bit about how you built it. So uh, be sure to reach out either on Twitter at jcasabona or via email joe at howibuilt.it. Thanks so much for listening. For all of the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash 98. And until next week, get out there and build something.